Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I need to give a disclaimer before this current podcast because I am not a strong advocate for Donald Trump. Now, that may sound odd because if you listen to this podcast at all, you know that I am a conservative and I am a Christian. And many of the causes which Donald Trump claims to want to champion and uh, has given lip service to are the causes that I care about, the cause of the unborn, uh, the cause of uh, whatever, private property, constitutionalism, um, the traditional American values, things of that nature. Yes, of course, I care about those things. At the same time, as I have said on this podcast many times, he also espouses attitudes and values that I cannot stomach. He lost me when he would pay the, uh, at least offer to pay the legal bills for people who had beaten up black protesters uh, in his meetings. Well, I have African-Americans in my family. I have nephews. I have sisters-in-law who are African-Americans. And um, I'm, I'm sorry, even if I didn't have family members, I just have such a love of uh, the peoples God has created on the earth that I'm simply unwilling to vote for a president who exhibits racist attitudes. So uh, I've always been in conflict about Donald Trump. And what I'm doing today in this podcast uh, is not a matter of endorsing Donald Trump. It's not a matter of suddenly turning saying, hey, he's awesome. But it illustrates something that I've been urging you to do as long as I've been doing this podcast and that I urge uh, all of the young people I I possibly can influence to do when I'm lecturing at at universities and what have you. And that is go to the source. Don't take um, your information secondhand. Don't listen to the media as the primary source. Of course, we have to listen to media. Of course, we have to um, have people who pre-digest news for us. But don't take that as the final word. And the case in point that I want to talk about in this podcast is the speech that Donald Trump gave in Saudi Arabia just recently. Now, again, I do not consider Donald Trump to be a great speechmaker, and I do not consider his speechwriters to be among the best available, and I write a lot of speeches, by the way, so that's an area I care about, and um, I cannot rescue Donald Trump from some of the silly things that he has said on the uh, Middle Eastern tour. However, the speech he made in Saudi Arabia was powerful. It was at times brilliant. It was often courageous. And I strongly urge you to read it. I'm using a version that was available on the CNN's website. That's how easy it is to get it. I don't use any of the um, sort of hidden um, you know, transcript services unless I happen to be doing a book or doing some special research. But in this speech, and I know who the speechwriter was, and I'm not very impressed with his work, um, but it's, it's, it, despite the fact it lacks some poetry, the courage of the proposals, the strength of the proposals, the forward-thinking ideas, um, the, the brilliance of it given that Donald Trump was speaking in Saudi Arabia to a gathering of Middle Eastern leaders. I'm very impressed. I'm very grateful. And I want to make sure I bring this to the fore for two reasons. First of all, it, it, it could spark something important in a region of the world I care very much about. If you listen to this podcast at all, you know that I lecture in Saudi Arabia. I'm 
I'm a lecturer at one of the universities there, that I'm an advocate for the Kurds, um, that I love the Middle East and uh, love my Kurdish friends in particular, uh, and believe that things can change there. But also, I want to continue to make the point to everyone who um, is mired in this generation of second and third hand news to go to the source. So I'm actually reading today, the portions that I'll read to you of this speech are from a transcript of the actual speech, and I think you'll be surprised. The impression that we have gotten in the West of Donald Trump's time in the Middle East, uh, especially in Saudi Arabia, has been that he's been an embarrassment. He's been kind of a fool. He's been a buffoon. He's talked about being exhausted. He hasn't been very animated, etc., etc. And again, I cannot rescue Donald Trump from some of the silly things he has said. A world leader should not go to the other side of the world on Air Force One and then complain about being exhausted. That's I can't I can't help the brother when it comes to that. That kind of thing. However, I will tell you that the press has not reported the strength of the ideas put forth by his administration. Uh, again, his administration is a, an administration I'm hopeful for, as disappointed as I am in the individual uh, Donald Trump. And I'll, I have a great many friends in this administration. I challenge them, I argue with them, uh, and I encourage them as much as I can to do good in the world. But did you know, for example, that in this speech given in the Middle East, that Trump uh, announced that there was a global center for combating extremist ideology um, that was being uh, founded and founding founded with the Saudis. I think this is amazing. Been waiting for this for a long time. We have we've had lots of dithering. We've had lots of hand wringing. Uh, we've had lots of red line drawing in the previous administration, but now. Uh, Donald Trump, a man, by the way, who offended me with his negative attitudes towards Muslims when he was running for office and, of course, offended many of my Muslim friends. In fact, many of my Muslim friends got had families stuck on the other side of the world because of the, 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 the pitiful rollout of the travel ban. But here is Donald Trump in Saudi Arabia announcing the founding of a global center for combating extremist ideology. Now, I hope that you're aware, and I think that Donald Trump is aware, that Saudi Arabia has often funded some of this extremist ideology. In fact, Saudi uh, the Saudis were actually funding ISIS until way late in the game. Um, probably not so much because they were trying to foment violence as because they were attempting to fund uh, conservative uh, Islamic ideology. That's my understanding from my Saudi friends. But here, Donald Trump announces a global center for combating extremist ideology. Uh, he made statements in which he mentioned uh, the deaths of Jews. Well, in Saudi Arabia, you know, if you even have an Israeli uh, stamp in your passport, you're not getting into Saudi Arabia. So this was courageous. He said, and this is a quote, young Muslim boys and girls should be able to grow up free from fear, safe from violence, and innocent of hatred. Now, that is very strong language in a country in which women are not allowed to drive, in a country in, uh, in which um, it, there's not just a conservative Islamism, uh, Islamist uh, theology, but that the dominant theology is Wahhabi, which is an ultra conservative view. So this was this was very very courageous. He said, "Terrorists do not worship God; they worship death." Now I want to tell you, and I'm not reading the whole speech here, um, but he made some of the best statements about 
terrorism and God that I've ever heard out of the mouth of an American president. I want to say again now, just, 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 just for objectivity's sake, I've just finished a book in which I'm somewhat critical of Donald Trump. I'm certainly critical of those who have uh, stood with him and, and, and pasted uh, divine approval on him. Um, I, I'm a guy who helps those in his administration I can help, um, but, is, but is often critical of Donald Trump and, and was hesitant to support him in any way or to speak positively of him in any way because of the constant racism that I found offensive, even about my own family members, not to mention my church and my, many of my friends here in D.C. and so on. Listen to this sentence. Every time a terrorist murders an innocent person and falsely invokes the name of God, it should be an insult to every person of faith. Terrorists do not worship God. They worship death. If we do not stand in uniform condemnation of this killing, then not only will we be judged by our people, not only will we be judged by history, but we will be judged by God. He said, we are engaged in a battle between good and evil. Now listen to what I'm about to read. This is being said um, in the land that safeguards Mecca, the city to which all Muslims are called to make Hajj, to make pilgrimage in their lives. He said, um, there is a choice going on between two futures, and it is a choice America cannot make for you. Remember now, he's speaking to a room full of Middle Eastern leaders, most of them Saudis. He said a better future is only possible if your nations drive out the terrorists and extremists. Drive them out. Drive them out of your places of worship. Drive them out of your communities. Drive them out of your holy land. And drive them out of this earth. When he said that, the room erupted. That is bold language, particularly given the dithering that we have had in uh, most of the previous administrations. Uh, Very few administrations ever do well in dealing with Islam. And I'll tell you that my experience in the Middle East is that Muslims are not looking for us to, uh, you know, adopt some Western pablamy kind of uh, philosophy that says all roads lead to the same place. They want me to be a Christian. They want me to stand for what I believe. They want me to honor their faith and, uh, and understand their faith, but they're not asking, asking me to merge into some kind of, you know, polytheistic pool. So the fact that Donald Trump went there, uh, spoke from the West, spoke to these leaders and said, we can't win this battle for you. You've got to drive the extremists out. And he said of your mosques, of your holy land, uh, and, and from the earth. I mean, that is powerful stuff. He also said that there's going to be a, a Gulf Cooperation Council, uh, which is all going to be all, all going to be about, and here's what it's actually called, Terrorist Financing Targeting Center. Not, not the best name in the world, but the idea is to cut off the funding to terrorism. Now, I have a regard for my Saudi friends, and I am not accusing them of being the primary funders of terrorism. But many times the Saudis, who are immensely wealthy, have found themselves funding uh, terrorism. And often they say publicly without even knowing it. Again, there's no question they funded uh, I have funded ISIS uh, way late in the game until it was finally exposed by uh, Western leaders. And there's no question that their money has uh, funded the advancement of Islamic extremism around the world. So there's going to be the start of a terrorist financing targeting center that is co-chaired by the U.S. and by Saudi leaders. Now, that is 
uh, tremendous advancement. It's a uh, searing indictment, actually, of some of the nations of the Middle East that have funded terrorism. Donald Trump announced it. He had already negotiated it, and he's doing it in league with the Saudis. Again, I want to say all the buts that you're thinking about, I already have in my brain. I'm hesitant about this man. I want him to be a success in, a, in the noble sense. I wonder if he can be. I'm unsure of him. I'm, I, I pray for all of our presidents, but uh, this man bugs me. Nevertheless, this speech was wonderful. Listen to this statement. Again, since we're dealing with religious issues, and most of our recent administrations have been hesitant to do so, but listen to this uh, statement from his speech. Religious leaders must make this absolutely clear. Barbarism will deliver you no glory. Piety to evil will bring you no dignity. If you choose the path of terror, your life will be empty, your life will be brief, and your soul will be condemned. Now, I certainly am not looking for our presidents to be preachers in chief, but I do expect that we confront a global uh, religious extremism with religious terms, in religious terms, just like we do confront it with weapons and with finance, uh, weapons of finance, and so on. In other words, you've got to fight it at every level. And the idea that's popular in the West that we don't have to, shouldn't address this thing um, as a religious network is stupid. And Donald Trump went into Saudi Arabia, of all places, and said and made theological statements um, that, that essentially um, spoke about doctrinal issues when it comes to extremist Islam. I have to tell you, this is a strong speech. It's a valuable speech. Um, I'm actually a little surprised that the main speechwriter pulled this off, but mainly I'm just proud of the U.S. for finally having gone into the Middle East, particularly Saudi Arabia, and speak the truth, speak it boldly, and propose programs and organizations um, that will absolutely get the job done. And by the way, this is the thing I'm most excited about, is we have finally engaged at a religious level. It's not just that religion is the thing I write about and teach about and have my degrees in. It is that I believe that this is one of the keys to fighting the battle. And Donald Trump made some of the most strident and insightful uh, theological statements when it comes to extremist Islam that could have been made. And I'm quite frankly surprised to hear myself saying this, but I'm proud of him. As he closed, he said, the birthplace of civilization, and he had already identified the Middle East as the birthplace of civilization. He said, the birthplace of civilization is waiting to begin a new renaissance. Just imagine what tomorrow could bring. He said, glorious works, wonders of science, art, medicine, and commerce um, to, uh, to inspire mankind. Great cities built on the ruins of shattered towns. New jobs and industries will be lifted up to millions. We'll lift up millions, parents who no longer worry for their children, families who no longer mourn for their loved ones, and the faithful who will finally worship without fear. This was a really fine speech. Now, all we heard in the West was that he had proposed a large arms deal. We've always armed the Saudis. Uh, better that we continue to arm them and maintain business connections to them and try to shape uh, what they do with those arms and maybe try to inject some things into their theology. I'll tell you as a guy who lectures in Saudi Arabia that uh, not everyone there, of course, is an extremist, that there's a great deal of moderation, that there's a great deal of ingenuity. Um, and I have to say, I realize it's one of the most um, strongly Islamic countries in the world. But when I am there, I am safe. I am welcomed. Uh, I am honored even. And um, and 
I am, they, they know exactly who I am. Nobody could possibly even just go to my website. It's not that I preach. Uh, that's not the point, but I write about religion. They, they know that who I am. They know what I write about. They know what I think about. Um, and they're, they're welcoming of me. And my point in saying that is this is a country in flux. Uh, this is a country that's going through a shift. This is a country that's being transformed. Um, their previous king recognized it, and that's why he started one of the finest universities I've ever seen, King Abdullah University of Science and Technology, KAUST, it's called. Uh, it's one of the places I lecture. And I have to say that, that's, however inadvertently, the Trump administration got it right. He gave a brilliant speech. I urge you to read it, and I think it has the potential of changing the nature of the game in the Middle East. Now, so much of his buffoonery and silly statements previously about Islam and about the Middle East and his ignorance and perhaps even betraying uh, intelligence uh, secrets um, hit all of this and, and uh, you know, mitigates against it and keeps us from wanting to extol uh, the good in his administration. But all I can tell you right now, I can't tell you the details about Russia. I don't know any secrets about, you know, what General Flynn did. Um, you know, we're all watching this unfold together. But this speech on this date in Saudi Arabia to those assembled leaders was brilliant. It was incisive. It was timely. And it has the potential, unless this administration com- uh, compromises itself through incompetence, it has the potential to change the game in the Middle East. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is directed by Isaac Darnold, who also wrote, produced, and performed the podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.